Coming to you live, except for all of the edits from Village Cinemas Jam Factory. This is the Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. I started writing this song the other day. Can I tell you a secret? I think you might be a songwriter. This is the third remake of this movie, and by all accounts, Lady Gaga shines in the Judy Garland Barbara Streisand role in A Star Is Born. You need to take charge as soon as you get out. I'm back. Motorcycle gangs can dominate the news in Australia, and lately, Australian movies have dominated our screens. With new movie 1%, you get both. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Kyron Wheatley, and I've seen heaps of movies, but none of those. Luckily, Vary McIntyre and Michael Campbell hello. both have. We've got a Village Cinemas Gold Class Double Pass to give away a little later on, but first... Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Okay, so this is all anyone is talking about in cinema at the moment. Everyone is saying Oscars and Golden Globes when they talk about Lady Gaga's first big film role and Bradley Cooper's breakout as director and star, mind you. So there's a lot of buzz. Does it live up to it? I believe it does. I really love this one. And you did mention it's a third remake of this and that can sometimes come with a lot of pitfalls because there's so much to live up to. But Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga do such a good job. Not only did Cooper write, direct and produce this, but he stars in it. It's usually warning bells. We've said that before on this <laughs> yeah. podcast. It's like, you couldn't get anyone else on board to make this movie? He really wanted this one made. <laughs> or it's like that high opinion of themselves being like, I could yeah. do this better I than anything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> better than Barbara Streisand, yeah. better than Judy Garland, better than Chris Christopherson. So what's it about for those who haven't seen the first two? He plays a musician called Jackson Maine who helps another singer, Ali, who's played by Lady Gaga, become a star. But his own alcohol and drug addiction and jealousy of Ali's rising stardom derails his own career. So it's a fictional tale about these two well, musicians. <laughs> Anyone who's had any contact with the music industry, he is not. But the, the initial film of it was from 1937, so mm. very very original film with Janet Gaynor and Frederick March. Not to be this guy, but mm. you're mentioning three remakes. It's actually the fifth remake. What? Really? So the one you're talking about with mm. Janet Gaynor is actually a remake of a film from 1933. So only like a couple of years before. Wow. Called what Price Hollywood. It was remade again. It was remade again in the 50s with Judy Garland, then yeah. again in the 70s with Barbara Streisand. Yeah. And now again. So it's a story that just keeps yeah. wanting to be I was like only, modernized. I was only counting the ones I care about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's uh, maybe okay. So it's it's the third one that was also called A Star Is Born. Yeah, yeah. no, no, same. this is the fourth one that's called A Star Is Born. Oh, just yeah, I know. Right? It's it's been made more than you think. But it's not really a remake. This one is it because he's sort of rewritten it in some ways, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, Did I read that somewhere? this version of it, he's had a hand in the screenplay. Aha, so it is not the fifth remake. Sorry, <laughs> we won. Yay. What I really loved about this film is just how real everything was. The performances, the acting, the actual performances of the music was really visceral as well. They were recorded um, live, weren't they? Yeah, so we did know that Bradley Cooper wanted Lady Gaga specifically for this film and she agreed on the condition that they would do all the singing and the performing live and they wouldn't have lip syncing. And you can actually really tell that mm. on the screen. You see music videos, music films before and they just pale in comparison to what this presents on the screen. We saw it with Les Miserables. 
where they did Tom Hooper directed that and did the live singing on set, which yeah. possibly not for the first time, but you know, yeah, yeah. And in, in modern cinema, certainly it's it's rare. All these performances are like live in front of audiences as well, and there's this kind of atmosphere. It's almost like watching a concert film, I guess. But you're right; you don't know what's missing until you see it there, and you're like, oh my god, this genuinely feels like Bradley Cooper is a rock star. Because it wasn't just live for the cameras it was live in front of audience as well like they went and played Glastonbury yeah I was watching the movie and thinking like how did they get these people and apparently the audiences would pay ten dollars to see the scenes being filmed they did film at Glastonbury 2017 and Coachella as well and Lady Gaga singing for the film is the first female headliner of Coachella for like the last 10 years which is Horrible. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> and Only if it's for fiction. <laughs> Another thing I do know as well is that um, obviously Lady Gaga sings all her vocals in the movie, but so does Bradley Cooper. Yeah. He learned to play the guitar and learned how to essentially become a rock star. Mm. And it's that kind of thing where like he, he, he wrote, he directed, he stars, he's a great actor, he's super handsome, he's fluent in French. <laughs> Leave something, man. <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh, and then apparently he's like, even his opening song is a song called Black Eyes. And he wrote that song. Uh, yeah, he wrote the song. I'm starting to stop liking him. Right? He's exactly. sort of crossed over What's his voice like? It's low. It's yeah. low and it's a bit mumbly. I was watching an interview with him where he said, because he wanted that timber with the lower voice, and you can just kind of put your mouth near your throat and it kind of goes deeper, but he, you can't act like that. So he slowly lowered and lowered his voice over the year that he was learning, and it went down in a whole octave. Just wow. naturally went down a whole octave. It sort of sounds like he's joined a cult. It doesn't, doesn't it? doesn't it? Like this like weird, crazy dedication. Well, yeah, he really gets into this role. I really liked his performance as well because he really embodies this character. It's this real aging musician and having the songs and, and the guitar playing live as well just only helps it. Is it a real two-hander or is there other people we should be talking about? Yes. I want to mention Sam Elliott who plays oh, yeah, this yeah, kind yeah. of like – uh, handlebar mustache man. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who pops up in the Big Lebowski? I guess is his most right. iconic role. I was thinking Roadhouse. Right, he is in Roadhouse. Yes, he's like, the, he's like <laughs> anything all American. <laughs> yeah, he's he's yeah. there. <laughs> he's like the old codger down the bar. He's fantastic. And if we're gonna make some predictions, I think he's definitely gonna get a nomination for best supporting actor. Wow, because he's a real turn for his career. Well, it's one of those things where he's never really won. What I mean, is that <laughs> who am I? I'm just some guy like in Australia in a cinema recording a podcast. <laughs> shouting at Sam Elliott. <laughs> anyway, good on you. But he's, he would be too much of a gentleman to even shout back as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I reckon he's going to get nominated for sure because you know he's had such a long career. It's probably his best performance to date. Yeah. The Oscars love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Music is essentially 12 notes between any octave. 12 notes and the octave repeats. It's the same story, told over and over. All any artist can offer the world is how they see those 12 notes. If I could take spirits from my past and bring them in, no, I would, no, I would. I mean, we should just say all the performances are all probably the best of their careers. But surprisingly, who's really great is Dave Chappelle. 
Dave yep. Chappelle Dave pops Chappelle's up. He's it. not yeah. in it a whole lot, but he pops up and he has this amazing speech about what love is, which is when you think of Dave Chappelle, you don't think of monologues about love. No. But he's fantastic. He's really, really great. And again, it's probably the best I've ever seen him. Even this speech where he says, you know, I always knew you were going to be all right, but this is the first time I've ever been worried about you. It's like, he's just, he's fantastic. You know, man, something about when we started playing, I always knew, like, you were going to do something. That you'd be all right. It's the first time I'm worried about you. Also, if we're talking about music, I want to say as far as like original soundtracks go, this is the best original soundtrack I've heard since I want to say Almost Famous back yeah. in like the late 90s, early 2000s, mm. which was an amazing soundtrack because we got to see it luckily a few weeks ago and the song Shallow had been in my head ever since. And finally it's been released, so I've been listening to it again. <laughs> but it's just so instantly catchy and there's that thing where like... Is that a guy track? It's her and Bradley Cooper. Right. And they say that when a song's really good, it kind of sounds like you've heard it before. Mm. And this song is that, I think. There's this even amazing, the first time you hear it is just Lady Gaga acapella in a car park belting out this song. And it's just as captivating as the fully like produced version on the soundtrack. Yeah, I got chills listening to some of the songs. Were they electrifying? Are you losing control? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) Um, Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. In all the good times I find myself longing for change. Here's what we're going to do. We come sing that song that I love. No, I can't do that. Here, no. come on, here we go. Justice. <laughs> look at me. All you got to do is trust me. That's all you got to do. Speaking of Lady Gaga, in fact, I don't know if you guys were aware of the weird online battle that happened between Lady Gaga fans, Little Monsters, and the Venom movie. Were you guys aware of this, this online battle? Maybe we'll get into it a little bit later in the episode, but it's a bizarre tale. I should say as well, this is Bradley Cooper's first film he's ever directed, and it's beautifully directed. And Mm. I think that makes sense. If you look at all the directors he's worked with over his career, you know, he's worked with the Clint Eastwoods, he's worked with like the biggest in the industry. It makes sense that doing that for so long, you would start naturally picking up, especially with performances, because he's an actor, how to really get those out of people. Because we sit around thinking like, oh God, he hasn't been anything for two years. Yeah, he's been working. It's it's an actual job (laughs) that he's got day in, day out. So you should see this film. Everyone. I think it's one of the films that everyone's going to be talking about. I mean, it's a love story at its core and the chemistry is like off the charts good. It's just a a great, well-produced, fantastically acted movie. I will say bring some tissues because it's quite emotional towards the end. I cried. It's got (laughs) this vibe of Walk the Line, the movie about Johnny Cash, maybe Dreamgirls with Beyonce. It's quite dark, very powerful. I just really loved it. I'm the president, me! You were with me or you're not! You're not the sort of man that walks away from anything. Kill him. Crime families, motorcycle gangs, they are the perfect place to set a family drama. You've got risk and betrayal and it's up against the loyalty and family values. And criminals are always convincing in Australian accents. 
for some reason. So here we have another example on the silver screen with some faces you might recognise from Aussie TV. So as a card-carrying member of the 99%, what do we think of the 1%? This movie is, for disclosure, pretty full on. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess in it couldn't way? be more opposite to A Star Is Born. Think of something that is adult in content. It's in there. It's got a lot of swearing. It's got a lot of violence. It's got a lot of nudity. It's got a lot of drugs. It's kind of a, a full on experience. But I suppose that is the real life of these biker gangs. This movie is about a young guy called Pato who is played by Ryan Kaur, who we talked about a few weeks ago in Ladies in Black. Uh, and he's been looking after the Baki gang that he's involved in, the Copperheads, while the actual president is in prison. But once the president gets out and comes back, there's a bit of a power struggle. Who's the real president of this club? Who mm. are people faithful to? Nightmare. A nightmare, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a casual Wednesday for me. <laughs> this has Matt Nabel in it as well, who plays the president, Nuck. Nuck, yes. And he was... Birth name? Nickname. No, that's his real name. That's it's his like real name. maybe German, K N U C K, as his last name. Nuck. Well, I always just assumed it was a, a nickname, but do you think well, it was his real name? Oh, I don't know. Well, it's only, Why it's, would you it's, have it, Nuck as a nickname? It's, it's on his shirt. Well, but you're a bikey. <laughs> you keep in mind you're a bikey. I mean, people call me Cambo, but that's not my name. <laughs> I do like. I do like how on their biker jackets they had little name tags it's embroidered cute, on there, yeah. so you yeah. you didn't get confused about whose character it was that's because right. you could just read the that's name right. tag. It's, it's handy. Yeah, you go to like the wedding expo. Everyone knows who you are, <laughs> and you've got it there. You know, if you're if you're the tea lady down at the old folks' home, people know who you are. And you don't have to get changed out of your regular day clothes. You know, so. Matt Nabel was a former rugby league footballer and he put on 13 and a half kilos for this role. I'm pretty sure in all muscle. Yeah, he's huge. He is jacked in this. (laughs) And he was also the writer of this screenplay. Is really? Yes. Knock. Yes. Wow. Can you imagine? (laughs) Character and actor, very different. (laughs) He's a real Bradley Cooper. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the director, who's Stephen McCallum. What's his McCallum. singing voice like? <laughs> <laughs> so the director, Stephen McCallum, who hasn't done a lot. I yeah, think this is this his is first his, feature, yeah. Yeah, first feature. He's done a lot of shorter things. And Matt Nabel working together to get this done. Mm-hmm. They were talking about how they wanted this really real visceral experience, kind of like A Star Is Born with the real singing performances. They wanted all the scenes that they shot to be as real as they could. So they talked about having a 360-degree set. So the actors would improvise and allow them to move around everywhere they wanted, whatever felt natural to them. So instead of staging where the actors moved to, they got everybody else set. They had no artificial lighting. They got the crew off and it was just the cinematographer following the actors around so they could have this, like, real performance. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, I think they're the highlight. Their performances are all really, really good. And mm. you're right, like Australians, they love a crime drama. Mm. Yeah. And these reminded me, I guess the the most similar thing I can think of is maybe Animal Kingdom. Yes. In that yeah, it's it's that. it's stylish but not too stylish. It's distracting. It's not as stylish as say like bad times of Al Royale, but it's not boringly filmed and it, it's found interesting ways to do it. Animal Kingdom, I suppose, is the closest as far as like level of good Australian crime drama that this kind of comes to. The darkness, the the violence in it, it doesn't glorify it like a lot of other films do. And especially dealing with like gangs and bikies and stuff. There seemed to have been a lot in the like 60s and 70s, this like glut in Australian film in like the 60s and 70s about biker gangs. And they're all a bit naff. 
they all glorify the violence or it's sort of like fantasize like Mad Max and stuff. They're kind of like exploitation films almost. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And this one is so unique in the fact that it is just so raw and real. What I see in you, he couldn't have done what you've done. There's one thing I really like about this movie, which is especially with lower budget films, you normally find that the third act can sometimes be a bit of a letdown because they either run out of money or they had to write themselves into a corner somehow. But the third act of this film is great. And and I love when they can land a third act like that because it builds very naturally to quite an action-packed third act that feels mm. like totally earned and not over the top. It works for the story. It's exciting. I think that's probably, I think the most exciting part of the film is when it all culminates in this big third act. And I think the fact that they managed to do it on such a small budget is fantastic. It's not just violence and sex and drugs. Yeah, look, it seems that way. It starts out like that, but it's reminded me of Macbeth. It's like the Australian bikey gang version Right. Of Macbeth. So there's a lady Macbeth in this. Yes, definitely. And she's played by Abby Lee, who was a Victoria's Secret model. And oh. she plays Pato's girlfriend, Katrina. She's a very lady Macbeth character. She's whispering in his ear. She's the brains to his brawn. So who should see this film? I think if you're one that likes the more gritty Aussie crime dramas, do you think it's because we're convicts? Do you think Sorry. there's just something inherently in Australians that we're, yeah, we're bred from convicts that we love yeah. a crime film? But yeah, if Animal Kingdom was your kind of thing, I think this will fill that void that's been missing. Yeah, or if you like Sons of Anarchy, which is gets really violent as well, I will say you can't have a weak stomach, I think, to see this because it is very full on yes. and deals with a lot of heavy stuff, but it's done really well. Also in cinemas this week, Ryan Gosling is off to the moon. Yeah, fantastic. And Neil Armstrong by In First Man, Bad Times at the El Royale. Ooh, Seven Strangers, Seven Secrets. And another Australian film in Like Flynn. Yes, the true story of the young Errol Flynn. True-ish. True-ish. <laughs> you can hear about all those by clicking in the previous episode in whatever podcast app that you're in right now. Now, before we go, this is a bit of a quirk. So last week we were talking about Venom, the Spider-Man movie that yep. doesn't have Spider-Man and the comic book fans who love it. This week we're talking about A Star is Born. Lady Gaga's fans are notoriously, passionately, vehemently in love yes. with Lady Gaga. And they've collided? It's just like a weird little news story that's popped up. But Lady Gaga fans, little monsters, have come together to go online and give Venom bad reviews because in, in America it lined up that they opened the same day and right. Lady Gaga fans were terrified that A Star Is Born would be beaten by Venom. So thousands and thousands of people signed up to like review sites, started new Twitter accounts purely for the reason that they wanted to give Venom bad reviews. <laughs> this is my weird thing. They're not the same audience. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think anyone is going, oh, should I see Venom? I love comic books, but a star is born. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something like that happened recently at the uh, MMF match between Conor McGregor and the Russian guy. Oh, where really? All the fans started fighting. <laughs> but that was a fight. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> that one a, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Also, if, you, if you're going online to negatively affect people, I don't think you've understood the message of A Star is Born, which is to be authentically you yeah. and don't worry about it. Uh, you might have understood the message of Venom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
for your chance to win a Village Cinema's Gold Class Double Pass, go to Facebook or Instagram, and we want you to battle it out. Leave a comment on the Cinema Crew post telling us what your favourite musical is. Is Les Mis against Sound of Music? It's The Lion King. Is it 1%? Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention that. Soundtrack in your head. Post your comment and leave the hashtag The Cinema Crew and you could win. Next week, Halloween, scary film to scare people. Uh, you got Ghost Stories, it's a scary film to scare people, but starring Martin Freeman. Goosebumps 2, we'll be talking about that. It's a scary film to scare children, maybe, but probably more make them laugh. And Beautiful Boy, which is a scary film for people terrified by heartfelt drama, starring <laughs> Timothy Chalamet and Steve Carell. Until then, thanks, Cambo. Thank you. Thanks, Vari. Cheers. I'm Kyron Wheatley, and we'll see you, or at least you'll hear us next week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.